I used to be someone who had absolutely no integrity. I don't need, honestly, it's only, that's why I say it's a miracle that my wife got with me. Come on, somebody. I married all the way up. And I was someone that used to be in the position where if I could just tell on myself and be honest where, you know, it was, it was really, really bad. Like I, I was especially infamous for double booking myself. And I would tell one person over here, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 man, I can do that. Still, I can do it. I can do it. And then I'd make that promise. And then like 10 minutes later, I'd go and talk to somebody like, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I can be there same time. And then I would always be in the, I'd always be in the position where I'm, where I'm struggling. Who do I choose? Who do I go to? You know, and someone would always end up learning that I was not an integrous person. Or this is what I would do. And some of y'all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I would be, I'd plan stuff so close together. And then I would be blazing, hauling tail, trying to get to the next thing. Am I the only person? And then watch this. This, this is it right here. Somebody would text me, say, hey, how far are you away? I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, I'm just around the corner. I'm just around the corner. Fully, yo, I fully know that I'm like 20 minutes away, right? Like, yo, just five minutes away, fam. Five minutes away. And that's the stuff that I used to do. That was like just, that was who I was known as, you know. And so I think really, you know, my wife marrying me is one of the greatest depictions of God's grace and mercy in my life, you know. Uh, because she was like the complete opposite, you know, uh, as it pertained to that. She was such an integrist and still is an integrist individual. And, you know, and I learned a lot from her. But I grew. Come on. I thank God for growth, somebody. We're not there anymore. You know, you guys are counting on the mandem and I'm coming true and stuff. So I'm thankful for that. But there's this one time I, I went to get a sub at Subway. You know, Subway hits the spot, fam, especially that, that 12 inch. You know, that foot long just goes a long way. I'll eat one of those. And I, if I eat that, if I eat that at lunch, I don't even have to eat dinner. Like it's just, it's just a good stretch for me personally, that tuna. Uh, but so one time I was in Subway and the guy, there's a guy named Kadzi, and Kadzi's our friend. We see him all the time, and, you know, he's always working there. And so we always talk. Sometimes we come in with our church shirts on and such, and he'll see, you know, whatever, and we talk and have small chat and all that, and it's fantastic. We were getting ready to leave. I was getting ready to leave one time, and I noticed in my bag, because I went by myself, in my bag, there was an extra bag of chips. And so I left, you know. And the voices in my head, like, yo, Subway's too expensive in the first place. You know, you just, you should take those chips. Like, you don't owe them back those chips. Like, yo, guy, I mean, are you serious? You charge that much for three, three cookies? Are you serious? Like, you know, and all these voices are coming in my head. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, and I had, I found out when I got home. Right. So then I'm like, and then the voice is like, yeah, you really, yo, guy, you're in your rope. You're in your bathrobe, fam. You're really going to like put back on your clothes and jump back in the car and like speed all the way down there. Are you serious? Like, just nab it. Nobody's going to know. Just, just go for it, you know. But I thought to myself, I'm like, with this witness that I have, where I have the opportunity to show the love of Jesus to Kadzi, and he sees us all the time, and sees us on our, you know, our church shirts, and you know, and lots of us have our what, WWJD bumper stickers and and bracelets. Come on, do we even wear those anymore? I don't know. Maybe I don't. Know. Okay. But the thing is that we always are talking about this stuff. This is an opportunity. And so I put, took off the bathrobe, put back on my clothes, got back in the whip, and drove all the way back down to the subway. 
And so I got in the subway and I walked up to Kazi and I said, hey, man, you know, you gave me an extra bag of chips. I didn't pay for it. I just wanted to give it back. Here you go. And he just looked at me like he saw a ghost because, you know, doing something like that is an anomaly these days. Because we all are, you know, it's very rare that people, even myself, I was battling with making that happen. But I saw the look on his face and he knows who we are and he sees our family and it spoke volumes to him to say, hey, this person is not like the rest of the people. This is something different. Come on, somebody, at least in that in that occasion. Come on, if I could just keep it real. Thank God for victory in that moment, because that gave him the opportunity to to see the to see honesty and integrity at work. Come on, someone. And so, you know, I don't get it right all the time, just being honest, but this is one of those moments where I had the chance to be able to display this. And so my question to you, my brother, my sister, where are you cutting corners? Come on. Where are you keeping back the bag of chips in your life? Where is it that you're promising and not keeping your promises? Where is it, you know, even for us that make promises to God, oh God, I promise you, God, that if you get me out of this thing, I will never... Am I the only one? Oh God, I pro- I'll be, I'll bust the, the theater doors wide open. I'm going to be the first. I'm not even scheduled to welcome. I'll be there talking about welcome home in the winter in with no shoes on. You know, we just be making stuff up, just saying whatever, just to get God to do stuff. And in fact, you can write this down and check it out later. Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse one through seven. Ecclesiastes is in the first half of the Bible, chapter five, verses one through seven. I'm not going to read it, but it talks about the fact that we have to be individuals that be careful when we make vows to God. Because many of us, he goes and he talks about how sometimes that God will destroy the works of our hands because we've made promises or vows that we didn't keep. And so oftentimes we're very listless and we're not, I'm not listless. We're very flippant or we don't think through how it is that we make promises to God. And so as it pertains to integrity, especially as it pertains to God and what we do in our private life or our public life, be careful about what you promise God. Can I keep it real this morning? It's very important. So a few things for you this morning. I got six points Uh, that we're just going to go through quickly. I'm going to give you scriptures and we'll read through them. But the Bible actually has a lot to say about integrity. And it's going to bless your life, I believe. So number one, the first thing I want to encourage you, this isn't a point, but just as a side note, integrity speaks more to direction than perfection. Everybody say integrity speaks more to direction than than perfection. What do you mean by this? In other words, when I'm talking about integrity and I'm sharing stuff like what I was sharing, you're thinking like, okay, so that means that I got to be perfect. How is that even possible? It's not even about perfection. It's about the fact that you're headed in the right direction, that your life is postured by God's grace for what happens in public and private to be synonymous and to be similar. Are you with me? So along that journey, because none of us is perfect and there's something called sanctification through which God is forming and working himself out in us. And you hear me talk about it all the time. Paul is especially talking about that in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13. It is something that is an ongoing process. And so I'm not talking about perfection. We're talking, however, about direction. Everybody say direction. 
and realize, you know, the fact is that integrity is so. So that's something that I want you to I want you to understand. So now going forward, going forward, I want to give you point number one. You can for those who are note takers, go ahead and write it down. Uh, but not only that, you can go ahead and uh, and 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 tweet them and all that sorts of stuff as well. So here goes the level of your integrity determines the status of your credibility. Let me say that again. The level of your integrity determines the status of your credibility. In other words, it's not about longevity. It's not about familiarity. That deter those things do not determine credibility because some of us we think, "Oh, we've known somebody for a long time." Can I just talk about it? Or, you know, you know me, you know? And for some of us it's like, "Yeah, I do know you." So it's not about familiarity. It's not about longevity. Oh, we've been friends since the first grade. That don't matter. That does not determine credibility. Even in your and my lives, that does not determine credibility. It's not familiarity. It's not longevity. But it is the level of our integrity. When I go to the bank, you know, and I go see people like Dwayne Roy or like uh, Raquel or I don't know who else does mortgages, free plugs, you know, in the house, you know, and people that work in those in that sphere, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is that that they're not looking at, yo, I can't go up to Dwayne and be like, yo, you're my boy. You go to the church, hook the pastor up. He don't, it don't matter how I preach till I'm blue in the face. I could preach the, the devil off of you. I could, you know, we could go to a place where you get deliverance, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in Chinese. But none of that means anything as it pertains to my credibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Credibility. When you go to the bank, they want to know how are you paying your bills? Are you paying your bills on time? Come on. Are you are you are you writing checks that you can that that can actually be cashed? Uh, can I talk real today? You know, how, are, are all of these things? How, how they want to know what are you bringing to the table? Oh man, I'm about this is you just need to grab this. What are you bringing to the table? How much assets do you have? Do you have something that is collateral? How, how is it? What do, does what? How does what you have measure up to what it is that you're trying to get? And so, so it's not about it's not about longevity or familiarity. It's about it's about uh, it's about integrity. And this is where we are, you know. And and so this is why. We have to go in. So I'm going to be in Proverbs for the next while. You can turn away from Philippians. Proverbs is in the first half of the Bible written by who is known to be the wisest man on earth or to have ever lived by the name of Solomon. Everybody say Solomon. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Come on. See that there says and favor is better than silver or gold. And look at what verse two says. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. And so he's saying a good name is to be desired rather than a, you, that is where we ought to look to have the most equity. Come on in your name. You want that when people say your name, that they're not saying your name, be like, oh, that person. Come on, somebody. But when they say your name, that they know that there's some weight attached to that name. Who am I talking to this morning? That when they when they say your name, that you're someone that they know they can count on. Come on. That when the devil comes and tries to bring accusations against you, that God can be like he did with Job and say, have you considered my servant Job? He is someone, a person of integrity. 
a good name. Everybody say a good name. Some of us focused on building our, our, uh, building our retirement when we need to be building a good name. Come on, somebody. While we're establishing our retirement, you got to have a good name because you're only going to go as far as your credibility. And so there's a guy named Peter Haas. He's an incredible man of God, incredible preacher, pastors a church out in Minnesota. And I remember hearing him called Substance. I remember hearing him say one, son, one uh, time we were listening to him preach. He says that we've got to be individuals that desire promotability over promotion. Okay, that's going to be the moment. Think it, think it. We've got, to in, we've got to be to the place where we desire promotability above promotion. In other words, many of us are so focused on trying to get more and trying to go to the next level. And many times we have not been proper stewards of what we even have in our possession right now. Who am I talking to? And we've got, God is saying, you got to be to the place where you and I build a life and build a name so that if we were to get something on the next level that we would be able to handle it. I'm telling you, man, some of us, we're looking for step two and it's like, you need to just focus on step one. Come on. You need to dance on step one. You need to shout on step one. You need to be faithful with step one. And when God is ready for you to get to the next one, he'll open the door. A good name. Somebody say a good name. And so I love how he says in Proverbs 22, how he says the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. This brings me to point number two. Everybody say number two integrity is not measured by material or monetary prosperity it's up there on the screen for you the fact is let me say it again integrity is not measured by material or monetary prosperity he says the rich and the poor meet together in other words it's not about because some people say well if i if i had a little bit more money in the bank then you know then you know nobody knows the trouble i see it's like you know if i just had a little more if i had a husband come on if i had a boo thing if i okay y'all got quiet on me okay yeah i'm up in your prayer closet right there jesus then i would be faithful if come on who am i talking to and so the fact that he says it doesn't matter integrity is not based upon what you have it's not the have and have nots it doesn't matter some people are rich and that's fantastic others are are pending getting there and some of us are in a place where you know we're just extremely uh, resourceful with our money come on somebody (laughs) hallelujah on tonight But the fact of the matter is that no matter what status you are at this point, that did not determine your level of integrity. Hear what he says. Hear what he says in Proverbs chapter 28. He says in Proverbs 28 verse 6, better is a poor man who walks in integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. So, so being poor or rich is not the determining factor of walking integrity. God encourages us and challenges us that even if you have nothing, come on somebody, that you still can walk in integrity. Even if you're in a place where you're waiting on your vision to come to pass, where you just looking at that vision board every day, looking like, man, one day, one day, one day. The fact of the matter is that until you get there, you still are someone that's going to walk in integrity. You know, there's a story recently. How many of you saw that story about Jeffrey Owens? Jeffrey Owens, he, you know, he was on the Cosby show. He was hilarious. And somebody tried to shame him. And they took a picture of him recently because he was working at Trader Joe's. 
And he was checking and bagging groceries. And somebody tried to shame him. Oh, look, look at what happened. You know, started from the top. Now we're here at the bottom, you know. And they're making fun of him. And they're posting pictures to try and shame him. Because he was in a place where in between his gigs. Come on. He was an actor. But in between gigs, he decided that he was going to go. And he was going to make an honest living. Come on. Instead of trying to act like he still have it all together. And act like he has all this money like a lot of us do. And then we're dodging payments and dodging collectors and all this sort of stuff. He says, I'm going to go and bet groceries to live an integrous life in between my gigs and if something happens something happens and somebody tried to shame him and there are many of you that are in that position you know when you're you're in your life and you're trying to walk in integrity and you know with with what it is that you have with what it is that you have and oftentimes people are in a position where they where they may be looking down on you or talking about you because of where you are but you know what ends up happening god turned that thing around for good to where Tyler Perry, who's a, you know, I don't know how many of you don't know who Tyler Perry is, but Tyler Perry, he decides to give Jeffrey Owens a place in Owens, one of Owens' our biggest productions on TV. Because, and so it's crazy how somebody walking in integrity, that, that even when people try to shame you, that God can turn it around. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. He can turn it around if you would just be faithful with what it is that you have in your possession. Come on. He can turn it around and open doors for you that no man can shut. Man, I showed up to preach to about five people on this morning who have been feeling like you're in a place of shame and your head's been hanging low because of the fact that you've been trying to walk in integrity and you haven't seen stuff happen. I just feel it any day now right here because there's someone that God's getting ready to late in the midnight hour turn it around for your good if you would that's not for everybody but I know there's someone in here that that's you right there and so going on going on I gotta go I gotta go so 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 you know it's better as someone who's poor with integrity than a rich person who is crooked and, and and jacked up there it is and so number three everybody say number three number three walking with integrity will bless you generationally. Oh, you got to say that again. Walking with integrity will bless you generationally. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, let's go to Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7 says, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed, everybody say blessed, are his children after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The righteous who walks in integrity. I just love it, man. I love, I love meeting families like the Williams family. And I, I love guys like, like LaSalle and, and his family and Marie and their family. Because when you hear about their journey, come on somebody, how God has transformed their lives and how they started where they started. They started in a bed, one bedroom apartment and being there by themselves. And you sit and you just hear their journey. One day we're going to capture it. But I sat and I got to talk to them and hear about how God God has been faithful to them. Come on, somebody. As a result, and, and as a result of their integrity, to see how their children are even being blessed and how doors are being opened. I love families like those because there are setups for generational blessings. Come on. Many of us don't realize it, but when you're being integrous, when you're walking in a place of integrity, it's not just about your life. Come on. But there are Gabe's and there are Noah's that are looking on. Come on. There are kids that are looking on that are being possessed position for success i love it i love it i love it when merv shows up on sunday morning sitting at the back there and my sons get to show up and see their grandfather seeing 
father serving the Lord. This is generational. Who am I talking to? There's generational of blessings. And it's not about perfection. But it's about headed in the right direction. That even when you fall, that you get back up again. And they see an example of repentance. Come on. Integrity knows how to acknowledge when it's made an error. And makes the right movement in the right direction. Some got to give God praise for second chances. Uh, that makes me excited. That makes me so excited. I need you to get this. I need to get this. I need you to get this. Walking in integrity will bless you generationally. Don't got much time. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Number four. Everybody say number four. Integrity is a compass that will guide you faithfully. Uh, integrity is a compass that will guide you faithfully. Come on. Proverbs chapter 11. The Bible says. Proverbs 11 and we look at verse 6. Uh, The Bible makes it clear. I mean, 11 rather, verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them. But the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. The integrity of the upright guides them. So integrity is a compass that will guide you faithfully. Many of us, we're trying to figure out what direction we should go. And the answer is oftentimes if you weigh what it is that you're looking to do, if you weigh it or if you balance it with what integrity looks like, that's how you'll know what it is to do. And many of us, you know that you're selling yourself short, but you're still not and you're in a place of indecisiveness and you oftentimes all it takes is for you to wait. Will I walk? Will my life remain integrous if I make this decision? Because it says the integrity of the righteous will guide them. How many of you uh, use the Maps app? Let me see. Okay. You know, honestly, guy, the, the, Maps, the Maps app is a waste app. Like, I remember one time I was so excited to go and find my wife. My wife had been away. And I wanted to see her really badly. I forgot where she was. But I was in Michigan. And as I was in Michigan, we were headed, you know, she was coming into the Detroit airport. And so I was excited to go and see her. And, you know, even though I'd been there many times previously, I I wasn't 100% sure as to how to get there. So I put it in the Maps app. And I'm driving, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited, I get to see my wife, I get to see my wife, I'm following the directions, I'm headed there, I'm going, you know, all this place is so amazing. And, you know, suddenly I hear a book a book. And so I'm driving, I'm like, oh man, I get out the car, and there's this big old metal rod that just went up in one of my rims, right? And was just hindering me, and I'm like, no devil, no weapon formed against me, and I pull it out, you're not going to stop me from seeing my baby and so I jump back in the car and we're driving again, driving again, following the instructions, following direct direction. And finally, you know, it says like, you know how it does where, where the red line is just lessening and it's like, okay, you're about to get to the arrived. You know what I'm talking about? So suddenly I get to this place and it says arrived. And I look around and I was like in a scene from Boys in the Hood. I was like doors locked, you know, and I'm black. And I was like, doors locked, you know. I'm like, Siri, this is not the airport. And so the Maps app at 
times, I mean, I was like 20, wares, 20, 20 minutes away from the airport. The Maps app is unreliable. Come on, somebody. When we follow man-made things, come on, it's unreliable. When we follow man-made TV, come on, it's unreliable. When we follow those ratchet, that ratchet TV, who am I talking to? It's unreliable. I got to be like her because, you know, see, see how she treated him and how oh, he did that to her and that's her response. So I got to know you need to stop following that ratchet TV and trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understandings. Come here, Bible readers. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Walk in wisdom through integrity. Let your integrity guide you and watch God take you where you need to go. Can I keep it real this morning? Got two more and I'm done. The next one. Everybody say next. Here goes. Number five. Integrity does not operate circumstantially. Integrity does not operate circumstantially. In other words, there are people who will say that they're integrous individuals. And first of all, if you say stuff like anybody who says stuff like I'm like I'm humble. That's the first sign that they're not humble. I'm just, you know, I'm just such a humble person and. You know, I just walk in such great humility, you know. You should, in fact, pastor, you just need to put my humility on display. As an example of how, come on, how humility is supposed to look in Jesus' name. And so many of us, you know, so that's number one. But when we talk about, when we even talk about integrity, there are many people who were braggadocious in regards to our integrity. But then as soon as situations come and happen. Then all of those hands that were raised get ready to be thrown. Y'all don't want to talk to me this morning. Because our integrity is circumstantial. But true integrity is not based on circumstance. Come on. You don't start being, start being mean and snappy to people when you were as happy as Barney the dinosaur just because something's going wrong in your life. Who am I talking to this morning? Maybe you never met somebody like that where they're just smiley and happy and oh my gosh, I love you and you're just so freaking awesome. How wonderful. And then as soon as the storms of life show up and hit their life, then they just turn into the joker. And you're like, what happened? We were getting into it. I love you. You love me. What happened? Because it's circumstantial. But true integrity is not circumstantial. I love the story of Job. Everybody say Job. And the reason why I love Job is because all throughout it, this is why Job was able to handle what it was that he was facing. Look, 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 look. I'm not even speaking about it proverbially. God actually recognizes and speaks about Job's integrity. Look at the text. Look at the text. Look at the text. I'm not making it up. Job chapter 2, verse 3. Look, I'm just going to read a few uh, snippets of it here. He says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God, watch this, turns away from evil. He still holds fast to his integrity. There it is. It's all throughout scripture if you look at it. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. There it is. There it is. Job is an individual even before the next level of his testing. God notes and God speaks about his integrity. Everybody say integrity. 
But then we find not only this, but in Job, uh, in Job chapter 2, Job chapter 2 verse 9, when Job's wife comes to him. And look at what Job's wife says to him. The Bible says, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? See it is? Curse God and die. Job was going through a treacherous time. He was going through heinous trial. And the Bible says that his wife, instead of standing with him, she decides that she's going to go and challenge his integrity. Are you still going to be an integrous person? Look at what all is happening in your life. You better curse God and die. And there are many of us that circumstances challenge our integrity and people challenge our integrity. But integrity is not circumstantial. Can I teach today? Integrity is something that is consistent. It means if you are an integrous individual, that you are someone that is not going to change with the weather. Talking about building a life. Level up, man. Everybody say level up. Get into the place where you can handle all that God has for you. So not only this, but but Job, look at Job's declaration because this is something that we've got to be like. Where Job says in Job chapter 27, kind of almost when his test is getting ready to end. The Bible says, and Job again took up his discourse and said, As God lives, who has taken away my right? And the Almighty who has made my soul bitter. The Bible says, says my lips will, oh, and the, as long as breath is in me, here it is, verse 3, and the spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak falsehood, and my tongue will not utter deceit. Come on, somebody. Far be it from me to say that you are right. Till I die, I will not put my integrity, there it is again, away from me. So Jabe, Job is in a place of circumstantial tragedy. He's in a place where he's having challenges. But because he's an integrous individual and he's someone whose faith is built on a God who is never changing. He says, I'm not going to be an individual that gives up my integrity because of what I'm going through. Come on. As long as Jesus is sitting the same place that he was yesterday, which is on the throne, then I'm always going to give him as long as I can inhale and exhale i'm gonna co-sign with david and say i will bless the lord at all times come on and his praise shall continuously somebody shout continuously be in my mouth i'm not putting my integrity away from me and then i'll give you so integrity does not operate circumstantially and here we go and then number six can i give you the last one everybody say the last one Here it is. There is divine liberty attached to integrity. Going back to Proverbs, Proverbs, the 28th chapter. We're looking at Proverbs chapter 28, verse 18. The Bible says, whoever walks in integrity will be delivered. But he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Oh, that's good stuff. There is, there is, there is, look at, there is divine liberty attached to integrity. Those who walk in integrity, there is liberty for those of us and there is freedom. The fact of the matter is that we need to understand that there is security in integrity. Come on, somebody. No matter what, that's why, because I told you it's not circumstantial. The fact of the matter is that no matter what I'm going through, if I maintain integrity and I'm still alive, 
there's an expiration date on what it is that I'm going through. Who am I talking to on this morning? Because the fact of the matter is Proverbs 20, 28, Proverbs 28, uh, or, or actually, look, Proverbs chapter 2, and you can write this down and check it out, but Proverbs chapter 2, and he says, verse 6 through 8, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for those who walk upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. There it is. So there is, there is liberty. There is freedom for those who walk in integrity. There's divine liberty because God is with you. God has my back. I mean, that's some exciting stuff right there. God has my back despite what I'm going through. And if many of us, if you would just hold on to what God's word says and walk with integrity during what you're facing, there is freedom on the other side. You know, there's some of you and you're like, well, Pastor, I hear that, and that sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm still, I, I hear you, I'm walking in integrity, but I'm still facing something. You know, some, there are people that are like, I, I've lost a limb, you know. I'm walking in integrity, but I can't get my limb back. Can we just keep it real this morning? You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know I, I lost a loved one, or I did something horrible, and somebody lost their life. That person is not going to come back. If I walk in integrity. So what are you talking about freedom? Well, can I tell you this? Can I tell you that the beauty of walking in integrity and being in Christ is that you can be in stuff and be in a situation, but the situation doesn't have you. Oh my God, there's some sickness and some stuff that some of us have been up against and you're saying, how is it that I can continue to walk in integrity because what I'm facing is not going away. That loved one that did what they did, come on, they're still around and I still see their face. The person that's in my life that hurt me so bad, I drive by and I see where they are all the time and the fact of the matter is that you can be around them but they still don't have you. Come on somebody, you can be in the middle of something and it's still doesn't have you come here joseph joseph was in a situation where he was thrown in a pit because of his hating brothers and he was thrown in a prison because of the fact that he was desirous of walking in integrity in potiphar's house but the fact of the matter is that in each of those situations he still was in a place of freedom even though his circumstances said bondage because there's freedom that comes through integrity that it's long that when it is that we walk in integrity it's amazing how god can have you in a bubble in the midst of the craziness that you're facing and other people will look at you and be like how are you drinking water in the middle of this desert and you're like i serve a god come on who is security for me come on it doesn't matter what the recession looks like come on it doesn't matter there's some of you during that recession that happened and and people were looking and saying how in the world are you making it through this and it's because god is a provider and he's security for those of us where the my source and my provision is not based on a job it's based on the savior and I'm going to continue walking in integrity until it is that my situation is over. Listen, I'll end with this story. How many of you have seen the movie Obsessed? Remember Obsessed from 2009? That movie with uh, Idris Elba and, and, uh, and uh, Beyonce? Yeah, that was a pretty crazy movie, y'all. That lady in there was on some psycho stuff, fam. And the crazy thing about that movie is that, when, remember, I remember when I was watching it, and this chick, yo, she was on some serious, crazy psycho stalker stuff. 
she's all you know up in in the party the work party trying to drape the man up and take him in the bathroom and stuff like all trying to corner him and trying to be on some yo jump my bones jump my bones and and he's like no he's like move from here right and somebody came inside and they were looking and they're peeping through the through the stall doors and it looked like something was happening but he was like yo get away from me and so she continues to stalk him in his job situation and Idris, I mean, first of all, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who, why would you, why would you want to cheat on your wife if your wife is Beyonce? But that's another subject. But anyways, so she's showing up and she's trying to get him. She's trying to corner him. She shows up to the work party, the work getaway where he's there by himself. He keeps shutting her down. Yo, she went all the way, fam. She even put all stuff in his drink and thing, fam. And like, and drugged him and then showed up in his bed in his hotel room and then tried to kill herself while he was drugged it was just some weird stuff to him just so that people could come and make it it made it seem like there was some tragic love thing that happened or something or whatever all because she was on this psycho thing but he kept and he stood for his integrity and he continued to stand and he continued to walk in integrity because he decided that this chick was not worth his Beyonce come on and so he stays there and in the end because yo this girl all took his son fam kidnapped his child and then put the, car, the child in a car and just left him outside the house. Like some crazy stuff like this. But he was like, this is not worth, it's not that she was ugly. It's not that she was not someone that was attractive or beautiful or that he didn't feel like it. But he valued his family. Come on. He valued his integrity. Who am I talking to this morning? Y'all are awfully quiet. He valued those things above a one night stand. And he ended up with his family. And he ended up in a place of peace because you could look at it and be like, oh, this is going all wrong. This is going to end in a horrible fashion. But because he stood to his integrity throughout the situation, come on somebody, because he held to his guns, at the end, he came out on top. And the person that was coming against him ended up falling away. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. I'm done. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you around walking in integrity. I want to tell you it's time to level up. Because God has great things for you. Come on. God has great things. I said God has great things for you. Come on. But the structure of our lives. The integral stru- the integrity structure of our lives. Our structural integrity determines if we can handle it. And how it's dispersed on us. And so I don't know who you are. And what you're facing today, but I want to challenge you and encourage you to level up and walk in integrity so that you can walk into and we can embrace everything that God has for us. Come on. If that message was a blessing to you, go ahead and give God some praise today. Come on. Come on. Go ahead and give God some praise today.